ask everyone to put their phone up and photos. Now it is very fashionable to have online courses on Bhakti Shastras, Gita, Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Guru, etc. Uh, ah, just one thing. These kids could be taken on the far side to play. The children who are making a noise outside, let them play on the other side. It's popular to have all-night courses. Is that what you said? All-night? Online. Online. So, nowadays online courses on Bhakti Shastras are very popular, and to participate in such courses you have to pay from 1,000 to 7,000 rubles. Uh, for example, the name of the website is given, studyshastra.ru. But, in one of his lectures, Srila Prabhupada said that Brahmas do not take money for education or do not take money in exchange for education uh, because this is done by dogs. Such projects are carried out with the blessings of GBC and uh, certain gurus. How, to, how should we properly understand Srila Prabhupada's words and these projects? Uh, is this fee justified for one who wants to deepen his understanding of Bhagavad Gita? Okay, in Russian. Yeah, it's uh, very difficult to be a Brahmana in the modern age. Uh, maybe especially a Grihastha Brahmana. There's no tradition of giving. Uh, contributions to them. So they may feel constrained to take to the uh, dishonorable position of charging for education. Considering today's circumstances, it seems like a good idea to have online courses. 
Does everyone agree with that, or they think it's not a good idea? I don't agree. This site organized not. A, uh, no, the principle of having online courses. It seems like a good idea, so that say people living in a village with no uh, possibility to go somewhere, or no, they can also access this course. That's my contention. Does anyone have any disagreement with that? I disagree because this education is not real. Shall I pronounce it? I disagree because there is no real education. There is no group on the, on the other side of the line. They just give uh, some uh, links uh, to some uh, documents, some texts that you are supposed to read. And once you read all uh, these texts, you can pass the text and then get some virtual uh, diploma or something. So it's not a proper educational well, process. That, that's not really answering the proposition that I made. How the course is conducted is something else, but my proposition is that considering today's circumstances uh, in which not everyone can go to a guru or expect a guru to come to them, uh, it's probably a good idea to have online education. Whether or not the education is up to the proper standard is another question. But as a principle, it's seems to me to be a, a good idea that such education should be available through the internet. No, it can be made available through the internet. Is that all right? If you're living in a situation where there's no one to teach you and you can't drive 300 kilometers every week to the course, uh, which is the nearest course that's going on, you can get it through the internet. On principle, it seems to be a good idea, especially in Russia. Where there are so many people spread out all over the place. So uh, it seems to me that on principle it's a good idea to have this available on the internet. Um, and brahmanas shouldn't take payment for education. Now if the course, online course, is to be done properly and the, the persons who are administering it are to... Uh, <coughs> to do a good job of looking after the students, uh, then they're probably going to need some means of support for doing so. Ideally, the students should give donations voluntarily. So that is the ideal that should be aspired for. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the bills have to be paid. So, although it's by no means uh, ideal that courses are paid for, it's uh, probably the only way you're going to get an uh, internet, what's it called, online Bhakti Shastri course. So, that's uh, perspective from the other side. Mm. If someone's going to spend the time and the energy and the money, because they also have to have a computer and internet connection and all these things, um, then they're going to require some financial support to do so. If they can get uh, some sponsor or if the students voluntarily uh, offer donations suitable so that they can live their life in this world, um, then fees wouldn't be necessary. It clearly isn't uh, ideal, uh, but it might be the only thing that's practical at the present time. If you could inspire, uh, may, maybe uh, 
make this part of your life to inspire uh, devotees to donate uh, profusely or, or, or adequately is the word adequately to those householders who actually live as brahmanas uh, then hopefully uh, this payment system which is not good could be curtailed so you could say it's uh, making the best use of a bad bargain <laughs> to avail of such courses mm. yes. Guru mm. Maharaj uh, should one specifically work on his qualities, uh, for example, to attend uh, special, particular seminars on topics such as humility, tolerance, and anger control. Or maybe it's proper just to pray to the Lord to get rid of uh, unwanted qualities. And uh, in the process of spiritual practice, everything unwanted will go by itself, naturally. Yeah, this is a frequently asked question. In reply to this, Srila Prabhupada would often quote a verse or half of a verse from the fifth canto of Bhagavatam. Can anyone think what that is? Can anyone recall that? Say it, say it loudly. Yes, Yasti. Kinshana sarvair gunais tatra samasate suraha. In persons, uh, uh, yeah, the Sanskrit, if you try to translate it literally, it's something like the wall greens. It's quite different to English. Persons in whom there is uh, a kinshana bhakti. unadulterated, one-pointed devotion to Krishna in such persons all the great qualities of the demigods automatically develop Uh, in the nectar of devotion Srila Prabhupada states that there is no need for a devotee to take photos during the class no he didn't say that Um, I I said that Um, sorry I got a bit diverted there uh, he states okay. <laughs> he states that if you want I'll do a few poses after the class is that a good quality or not a good quality um, yeah Srila Prabhupada states that there is no, is no need for a devotee to try to separately develop all good qualities because automatically if one takes up pure devotional service, all good qualities come from him. He gives the example of non-violence, uh, that automatic, and, and in relation to meat-eating, automatically devotees become... Anyone who is a devotee is a vegetarian. Of course, the process of devotional service does include discussion of spiritual qualities. So uh, it's definitely within the scope of devotional service for uh, a devotee to give a presentation, for instance, on humility, citing uh, various devotees uh, from Shastra and history. Yeah, it's quite within the scope of devotional service. It's not a non-devotional activity. It's very much part of 
devotional activity to discuss such qualities um, with reference to great devotees of the past, or maybe even of the present. So when we hear of the qualities of devotees, we naturally become inspired to ourselves develop those qualities. If someone has a particular, particularly strong uh, personality discrepancy, such as a tendency to become uncontrollably angry, uh, then it might be a, probably be advisable to take to specially work on that area of his personality. But factually we see that devotees who go on with the process of devotional service, that they do become purified, they do advance, they do develop good quality. So it's not that we try to be a perfect person individually, uh, sorry, uh, a perfect person uh, and a devotee at the same time, but if one is a devotee then automatically all the good qualities should develop. And of course, all good qualities uh, are to be understood in terms of devotional service. And that's the second half of that verse from the fifth canto, describes that. Harava bhaktasya kato mahan guna manorat hinasati dhavato bahihi. In the form of a rhetorical question, where are the actual great qualities in non-devotees. It's all simply on the mental platform, extrinsic to the platform of the soul. So, uh, compassion, for instance, a prime Vaishnava quality, we have to understand in terms of doing good for others, which means communicating Krishna consciousness to others. The compassion of someone who is... uh, primarily interested in treating the bodily and mental disturbances of a human being is, uh, is only a perverted reflection of true compassion, which is to help people to come to Krishna consciousness. Hmm. Next question. Well, you don't, don't. There are plenty of questions. If you don't like it, just go on to the next one. I'd ask you to select some of the better ones. Yeah. Well, controversial questions. Uh, why don't GBC pay enough attention to Varnash Madhama? Is it a good one? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Ask them. There are signs that they are showing, beginning to show some interest. How can we know? Help to establish one uh, Actually, for women, it's uh, more straightforward than for men. Men, uh, they have to has to be worked out whether they're brahmanas, kshatriyas, vaishyas, or shudras uh, by by nature. Uh, but for women, their role is uh, largely the same in all. Of, whether they're married to a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya or Shudra. The, the, the basic principles are the same. That is described in the seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam by Narada Muni to Yudhishthya Maharaj. He, des- he describes uh, or gives an overview of the four Varnas and their duties. 
and the uh, the role of women in Varnashram society. So if you study that, if you're a woman and you study that and you follow that uh, as far as you can uh, in the modern circumstances, then in this way you can help and also be a devotee, of course, then you can help to establish Varnashram society. Uh, very helpful in establishing Varnashram society is if women, along with their husbands, uh, move to uh, communities which are dedicated to moving in that direction. To be a good devotee, wife and mother is always uh, good. But uh, if, if there's a community of devotees living like that, then it, it, it sets an example for others. Then next. Uh, when we study Shiva Prabhupada's instructions, we can see that many devotees do not follow and not even want to follow them. Uh, a critical attitude is inevitable in this case, how to avoid such an attitude. Well, I have a, uh, that's on a list of questions I have to, I, I've been sent, which I plan to start addressing tomorrow. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Uh, what should be the proper uh, behavior for a disciple if in, uh, in his presence his spiritual master is moved at or uh, not being respected or mentioned respectfully? Uh, you can kill the person who's doing that. <laughs> And speaking according to Shastra, nectar of devotion. Uh, you can cut out their tongue as an alternative, or you can leave, or you can commit suicide, or you can just leave that place. Uh, the last uh, alternative is recommended. And whoever wants to put this on the internet, don't just splice this and put it with the first answer. You may also. Uh, Reply and say, well, what, you know, what is the accusation and counter that? How to get rid of the uh, habit of overeating? Uh, that will happen automatically. Uh, you'll get sick and then uh, you'll find that by overeating, the, the effect of it is so bad that you won't want to. But even now, if you think that I have to serve Krishna with this body, and if I overeat, I won't be able to serve him well, then you can curb that tendency. That's the theory anyway. It seems that uh, when devotees are young, either physically or in devotional service, or both, that they, they have a tendency to eat plenty. But uh, as you get older, then even the body doesn't... Generally, the body may not demand or desire so much. Mm. Um, how should we understand that some spiritual uh, melodies are more inspiring uh, for chanting and uh, there are some melodies which are difficult to, to chant? 
why do we have uh, such dependence? Why are we dependent uh, on the melody mm-hmm. during Kirtan? Why are we dependent on the melody in Kirtan? Yeah. Well, when we're fully absorbed in the name of Krishna, then any way it's spoken becomes very uh, pleasing to us. Of course, uh, music is also supposed to be an offering to Krishna. Uh, it's as part of service to Krishna. One in Kirtan, one should at least know how to keep time, keep the tune, and so on. Music is a vast science, and uh, various tunes they uh, evoke different. They tend to evoke different emotions. So, as bhakti is by Bhakti uh, encompasses all emotions and moods, but in essence, bhakti is very sweet. So, if the tune is is very sweet and very sweetly sung by a sincere devotee, then that uh, is more likely to evoke uh, feelings of sweet devotion. A pure devotion is also by nature intense. And in uh, when we hear Srila Prabhupada's recorded kirtans, we can feel the intensity of Srila Prabhupada's pouring his heart out to Krishna in kirtan. Is it not? Yeah. So that even though there may be many kirtaniyas who are they're very expert in various musical uh, intonations, but still we find that uh, Srila Prabhupada's chanting is, it, it has a special quality of, of intense, pure devotion. How can we say the statement of Srila Prabhupada that one cent of, uh, even one cent of donation, if it is spent on uh, sense purification uh, leads to hell. What is there to understand? Just accept it, that's all. If that's the way it is, that's the way it is. By sinful activities you get uh, you get adverse reactions. It's a simple principle to understand. You're one of few sannyasis who support and propagate the importance of development of Vaishnava communities. I'm very thankful to you. Uh, is it possible that sometime in the future you will personally visit such Vaishnava uh, settlements such as Kukuika? And the second question, what is necessary for this to take place? Uh, thank you so much for your kindness and appreciation. Uh, many times I think I should visit all these communities. Uh, practically speaking, uh, my health is not so good that I can travel every 24 hours or 48 hours. Plus, I need to spend time writing books, which is an important service for me. Just uh, last month, one devote, I'd sent one devotee who's been serving under my guidance for, for several years in developing pilot village communities. I, I had I, He was arranged to come to Russia, but then he was given a visa, but he was denied entry at the airport. We had a visa. Yeah, 
He was given a visa, but when he arrived at the airport, they denied him entry. In Moscow. Prior to that, he had uh, visited a, a pilot Vaishnav village community in the Czech Republic, another farm project in the Czech Republic that's been going on for many years, and the Iskon farm in South Germany. The idea was to himself uh, gain more... Oh, he went to Hungary also, that important project in Hungary. So the idea was for him to learn and also to share whatever he had learned. And the idea was in Russia, he was going to visit one community this time and see how everything went, and then in future he could visit other communities also. Unfortunately, uh, that didn't happen. So I, although I may not be able to personally visit, but I'm trying to... Uh, have those devotees who are very much involved with me in the developing these projects that they can visit. Uh, in India, we regularly have m- meetings uh, of devotees who are involved in developing these projects, the leaders of these projects. Just a few days ago, last week, uh, just before I left India, we had a, a two-day meeting uh, and we are scheduled to have another one in November, another two, two and a half days meeting. Two and a half, yeah. There's so many uh, points to be discussed. Uh, responses to various laws which we may not want to follow, for instance, national laws. Uh, we had a lot of discussion and followed up by research about uh, how to uh, circumvent or live with laws that mandate uh, mundane education for children, discussion of early marriage and arranged marriage in relationship to the, uh, to the present laws of India, integrating devotees into the community, at what levels of cooperation is required for devotees to join, what kind of materials is it acceptable for us to use in building if we can't use all the time completely traditional materials? Many, many issues. Um, to live, to make a situation where people can live simply in the modern, in the modern world is so complicated that it becomes quite complicated to work out how to live simply. Basically, the devotees in those communities are living a much simplified life compared to those in the cities. And they are happy in doing so. Some devotees have been uh, living in those communities for several years now, through the uh, hot summers. Uh, This this present temperature that we have here, this weather, in uh, in most of India, this kind of temperature is... This and more is the norm for maybe uh, seven or eight months a year. So if you're accustomed to living with fans and central heating, to go to the village where these things are not available, it's certainly a kind of austerity. And winters can be cold also. Yeah, not nearly as cold as Russia, but uh, there's no heating also. So you can be standing in the Mongol and it's only about 8 degrees Celsius. It's quite cold. 
But devotees are staying because they're happy. They're happy to chant Hare Krishna and have the opportunity to live with devotees. But, yeah, but for, for setting up, making the infrastructure, dealing with various personalities sometimes can be uh, quite complicated. So, uh, I apologize, but practically, uh, I, I think I can... It, I'm thinking how to use the remain. I don't have that much time in this life left, so I'm just thinking how to best use it in Srila Prabhupada's service. And as far as the Varnashram mission is concerned, I, I feel that uh, preaching about it, encouraging devotees in it, uh, personal involvement in a few projects in India, and uh, writing books. I still have to write many books about um, on various related topics. This is the best way I can do that, uh, rather than try to personally visit so many different projects. Uh, so I may try to send uh, devotees who are uh, working with me. Some of you, if you come to India, could also come and visit some of our projects. Mm. One in Gujarat especially is going... Very well. Hare Krishna. Here in Russia, during Hare Namas, Mataji's are always dancing in the front. Is it proper? Uh, what? How did Hare Namas look like during Prabhupada's times? Is it proper? In Russia, uh, it wouldn't, let's put it this way, in Russia it wouldn't be considered improper. In India, it would be considered improper. Maybe nowadays, less and less it would be considered improper because India is going to hell, losing their culture. Uh, so we want to introduce uh, the civilized culture all over the world. Srila Prabhupada he didn't try to do the impossible by trying to change everyone's culture overnight, especially in regard to gender roles. Um, <clears throat> but he gave clear directions as to the cultural direction we sh should move in. A culture in which uh, gender roles are clearly demarcated in a manner that uh, does not inflame sexual desire that is a, a suitable culture for spiritual development as far as I remember in England in the mid 1970s when I joined uh, we would have Harinam Sankirtan with men at the front women in the middle and men at the back which I understood was to protect the women from uh, possible crazy people who are not that uncommon on the streets of England and probably Russia also. Srila Prabhupada also encouraged his uh, female disciples to dance in Kirtan. In, in the beginning especially he encouraged people, uh, both male and female disciples, to act on the what we could call the fully spiritual platform. Later he uh, became more strict in such matters, seeing that so many of his disciples were falling down, especially sexually. So um, my contention is that 
uh, we as a movement should be moving toward that uh, Vedic culture which is uh, suitable for and favorable for spiritual advancement. At the same time, we can't expect all devotees to understand these principles. So it's probably best that devotees who uh, want to adjust Krishna consciousness to a great extent of the modern world, they go on in their way and those who want to be uh, moved toward more traditional Vedic culture, they go on in their way. They don't seem to mix very well. <laughs> How practically that can be uh, instituted, well, that remains to be seen. If at all there is any uh, move to do so from the official organization, the 50th anniversary of whose founding we are celebrating today or remembering today. I hear that it is harmful to listen to a participating Kirtan when uh, Kirtan is led by the person who wants to glorify himself and wants to show off. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm confident in this uh, because of my association with him. Why is it so? Uh, I presume that it is also important to have proper mood uh, or is important for me to have a proper mood uh, during Kirtan when I try to glorify the Lord. Yeah, well, obvious. it's pre pretty obvious, isn't it? If someone wants to glorify themselves, then the Kirtan, that's not really Kirtan because Kirtan means to glorify Krishna. Uh, just, I, I just mentioned uh, Srila Prabhupada. In Srila Prabhupada's chanting, the, the, it's... Uh, we can experience his intensity of pure love for Krishna. And just uh, at the opposite end of that is if someone in the name of Kirtan wants to glorify themselves. Uh, Guru Maharaj, the word Chaitanya is widely, uh, Chaitanya's consciousness is widely used in Vedas. Bible Gita Krishna says in the 10th chapter, uh, about Chaitanya as Vibhuti and in the 13th chapter as uh, nature. Please explain the meaning of the word Chaitanya. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, many, uh, many words are used differently or somewhat differently in different contexts. Uh, within Bhagavad Gita, uh, several words are used many times. Actually, many words are used many times. Atma, Yoga, Dharma, Guna, Chaitanya you have mentioned, Sarva, well that's not a noun, that's, a, that's an adjective. Uh, <coughs> uh, then uh, Mukta, Mukti, Yoga, Yogi, Yukta, these words are used again and again and again, but in, in, uh, their meanings may be somewhat different in different contexts. And often the Acharyas will explain that in this verse, this word means this, so that there's not misunderstood to mean something else. Simply, generically, the word Chaitanya may be translated as consciousness, which, uh, as in English, it can mean the phenomenon of consciousness or uh, a 
kind of outlook or, or worldview. So the English term Krishna consciousness or hybrid term Krishna consciousness could be rendered in Sanskrit as Krishna Chaitana, being aware of or thinking of Krishna. So in various contexts the word Chaitana may mean buddhi or intelligence or uh, it, it could be synonymous with ahankar or egoism, which is which translated as egoism. Uh, false mm-hmm. ego. But basically it can be translated as uh, <coughs> consciousness. It, it's uh, practically synonymous with chitta, another word, which is comes up in Bhagavad Gita, Yoga Sutras and so on. Um, there is a uh, there is a consideration that uh, <coughs> it's better not to use it at all because uh, at the farm where they are kept they are not protected uh, thus devotees who buy, shop, uh, buy milk in, in the shop they uh, maintain or support this industry so what should what, what should be best for us to do? Should we buy milk from the devotees' farms? Um, where it is not where it is not possible to buy milk from devotees' farms or something like this. Okay, I got the general point. Yeah, cow protection is another major part of our movement which has been largely neglected. It falls within the general category of uh, Varnashram and agricultural communities. But actually it's so important, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's can be considered not just a subset of, of Varnashram. Subset? Uh, part of, I guess, is an easy way to... Yeah, it's it's hellish. It's, uh, cows are being slaughtered. Even at this very moment, so many cows are being slaughtered all over the world. It's, it's so painful to think of. Increasingly around the world, people are becoming extremely concerned about terrorism. In the last few years, Russia has also suffered from serious terrorist attacks. There was a school in, where was that, in Chechnya? In Caucasus somewhere? There was a school in the Caucasus. And then there was the cinema attack in Moscow. Well, well that yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm gradually getting through it. I also read the news. Then uh, at Domodedovo Airport, and as you say, recently, uh, most recently, a Russian, uh, a plane full of Russians was, well, we don't know, but it's fell out of the sky. Everyone was killed. Those are the major things. And there may have been some minor ones also. Anyway, terrorism is a uh, 
it's people are increasingly aware of the the horrors and the the fear and the agony of terrorism but they don't understand that the terrorism that is meted out daily by humans to millions of cows pigs chickens this this is causing the reaction of terrorism wars and so on probably most russians would laugh if you tell them that mistreatment of chickens leads to terrorism they think it's ridiculous to to say like that and even in many countries of the world there are laws by which they uh, they mandate the what they call the humanitarian treatment of cows and pigs in other words you're supposed to humanely kill them whatever that means i don't know how you can humanely kill them but they have some idea like that but there are no laws to protect chickens so you can kick them you can burn them alive it's all legal so we should preach and make people aware that reincarnation is a fact karma is a fact cruelty to animals will uh, uh, result in cruelty to humans it, it just uh, yeah one devotee in india sahadev das he has written several books um the title of one of them is what is it it's it's uh, that uh, war wars will not stop until the slaughterhouses are closed we should preach on these points the whole world is going to hell it's all very nice to uh, you know be friendly and nice and smile uh, but with and try and have a good impression on people but in the meantime they're they're making the whole world into hell we have the knowledge which can save them we should communicate that knowledge even if they don't want to hear it we should let them hear it so that's the macro level answer to this question <laughs> change the society stop this demoniac animal slaughter cow slaughter don't be satisfied with the status quo on this 50th anniversary of iskon's incorporation let us remember this is a revolutionary movement it's meant to be a revolutionary movement. it is meant to completely change society it is possible uh, maybe 10 years ago in bangladesh somehow or other there was an english newspaper which i saw there it was the uh, magazine portion of the sunday telegraph which is a very conservative magazine or a magazine from a very conservative viewpoint and the lead article was how britain which used to pride itself on being a nation of beef eaters which for hundreds of years had been beef eaters how so many people have become and are becoming vegetarians so it is possible to change society in significant ways and in fact to do so is the preaching mission of iskon Now it's not exactly that we want to promote vegetarianism per se but we do want to give the spiritual knowledge by which people can understand that uh eating meat is not in their own uh, self-interest uh regarding milk it is uh required 
for devotees to take milk. Uh, it is uh, a poor and unfortunate alternative if we don't get milk from protected cows to purchase from uh, shops, which the milk comes not from protected cows. So we might be constrained to do so, but we should not be content to do so. Srila Prabhupada's idea was that every city center would have a farm connected to it. The farm should not be very far outside. So devotees could get milk from protected cows. Uh, buying milk from unprotected cows, well, yeah, it, in, it supports the slaughter industry. It is another of those uh, unfortunate compromises that devotees may be constrained to do as long as they don't get their Cow Protection Act together. Really, we should, as a movement, we should take serious steps to establish this and to preach about this. Just like yesterday, the question came up about the comedy show. Okay, comedy show can be there, but uh, really, we have very, very serious work to do. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, all questions are one question to me. Uh, you mentioned in, uh, in your lecture that establishing Varnashram is a, a major part of Srila Prabhupada's mission. Among the devotees, uh, ideas are preached that we should socialize, uh, get socialized in the, so, in the, in the modern uh, society, be professionals, and uh, uh, spiritualize our work and we should see our job as service to Krishna. Uh, is this idea of socialization of devotees in the materialistic society, does it correspond to the mood of Srila Prabhupada? Srila uh, Prabhupada didn't insist that all his disciples they leave their jobs or their businesses, but he did strongly promote these uh, village communities for Grihastas. So, uh, although definitely uh, one can be Krishna conscious in uh, secular life while having a secular job, it's not that Srila Prabhupada emphasized this so much. His emphasis was more on the farm communities. Your job can be your devotional, your secular work can be devotional service to the extent that you yourself are dedicated in devotional service. If you're actually able to influence people in your workplace to be Krishna conscious, if you uh, can remember Krishna while you're doing that, which might not very be very easy, as uh, you're not supposed to remember Krishna, you're just supposed to concentrate on your work. What we're actually getting by encouraging devotees and saying you do your job, that's devotional service, uh, we're encouraging at best some kind of uh, karma mishra bhakti. Okay, maybe time for one more question. Any announcements before that? Any announcements to be made? No. <laughs> Trying to think of an announcement, then don't make it. If it doesn't need to be announced, don't announce it. Everything's on schedule. Back on schedule. Okay. All right. Well, thank you to all the devotees who are working very hard to make this festival festive. There are many services to be performed. Cooking, serving prasad.
cleaning. What else? There's so many things to do. Tell us. Hmm? Translating, hearing, speaking. I'm also doing something. <laughs> Making questions. That means that the intelligence is alive in Krishna consciousness. It's good to have appropriate questions.